Thanks for tuning in to Snow the Goalie. Before we get started, this is a special crossover episode with the uh, My Dad Used to Play Hockey podcast. You can find them on Twitter at Dad Played Hockey. Uh, I want to thank Zach Kinderchuk for uh, you know inviting us on for this. It's a very special interview that we did with uh, Jim McCrossin, who we've talked about at length over the last couple of weeks. The the lawsuit filed by uh, Jim and by Sal Rafa, um, both of them uh, you know against Comcast. Uh, at, Anthony wrote the whole story about, you know, what the lawsuit entails and why, and we kind of get into that in this interview. It is a lot. It's a lot to process, uh, and if you have uh, been affected at any point or somebody you loved has been affected by cancer, it could be triggering, so just a little bit of a warning, you know, if, if that is something that maybe hits a little bit too close to home, this might be a little bit tough to get through, but it is a, uh, it's a great episode. There's a lot of uh, nice stories and anecdotes and really a beautiful message from Jim, but wanted to give you that heads up before we get started. Also, we'll be back later this week, Bundy, Ant, and myself. We'll be back with a normal episode of Snow the Goalie. Chuck Fletcher is set to meet with the media on Tuesday. whole bunch of things going on behind the scenes. We'll get to that later this week. Final thing, and we get to this during the episode, but we've set up a GoFundMe in collaboration with uh, the My Dad Used to Play Hockey podcast for Jim and for Sal. You can go to GoFundMe.com slash Jimmy and Sal. That's it. GoFundMe.com slash Jimmy and Sal. You can listen to this episode, and it'll be up on video as well on the Crossing Broad YouTube channel. It'll be over there embedded in the GoFundMe as well. Uh, Ant's story is also linked to in that GoFundMe. So if you know any Flyers fans, if you know anybody who's ever appreciated this team or loved this team or you know has even spared a, a thought to this team, chances are Jim McCrossin has worked with or Sal Rafa has worked with uh, their favorite players, people from this organization hold them in such high regard, and we are trying to do anything we can to provide them some assistance in what is easily the toughest time of their of their lives. So uh, please consider donating. Again, GoFundMe.com slash Jimmy and Sal. We'll be back with a regular episode of Snow the Goalie later this week. But now, a very special crossover episode, Snow the Goalie, and my dad used to play hockey podcast with one, the only, Jim McCrossin. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Fairby. Hi, this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And hey, you're, you're listening, listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Welcome to a unique episode of My Dad Used to Play Hockey. Uh, I'm Zach Kinderchuk. I'm your host, but I'm not your only host today. I'm really happy to be joined by the three hosts of Snow the Goalie, the second best Flyers podcast. <laughs> That's where I'm done. <laughs> you just, you just sh- sh- shock waves through Russ. <laughs> uh, Russ Joy, Anthony Sanfilippo, Chris Terrian. Hey, thank you so much for joining me today. What's up, Zach? Good to be here, buddy. Great to be here, Zach. Thanks for having us. Thanks for making this making this happen. And but we're not the- really we're not the topic today. Uh, joining us also is Flyers trainer, um, one of the most decent men you could possibly meet, uh, Jim McCrossin. Thank you so much for making for some time for us today. Oh, absolutely. And, All right. yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Great to see you, Jimmy. And how you know? I guess first off, I, I know you, Zach's, but how's it feel a season to end like that? Did it, it almost felt for probably most of us like it was 
it was just never going to end at some times, right? I mean, how how elated are you in a sense that at least the season's over? I mean, uh, dealing with the injuries, but it was a very disappointing year in terms of point climbing and playoff aspirations. Um, how, yeah. how are you, Jimmy, with the season wrapping up? Uh, I mean, you've been there. I mean, you never want to end like we ended. And, um, you, you know, you can point fingers at everything. We just, we as a team, everybody just didn't do um, didn't do what we were supposed to do. I mean, everybody had high aspirations for us. And um, the, the wheels fell off sometime in October, and that's not good. I mean, um, that wasn't good at all. Uh, you could look at injuries that uh, may have plagued us, um, but other teams have injuries. Um, you could look at uh, players that didn't perform well, right? And I think everybody has to take a good long look in the mirror and see what you could do better, including myself. I mean, I, I probably analyze myself more than anybody that, like, what could we possibly do better next year to reduce some of these injuries or uh, reduce the risk of it, uh, an injury to a player? And you just keep on reassessing, reassessing. So uh, uh, keeping the fingers crossed, I know that you, uh, before we came on, uh, you, you were talking about myself and I hope to be here again next year, you know, uh, barring, barring any unseen, um, foreseen uh, health issues. Um, right now, dealing with cancer, um, a terminal cancer. Um, uh, let me take, the, if you don't mind, I'll just start where start at the beginning for some of the people that I was diagnosed back on June 26, 2020. And, but I wasn't told till June 10th, 2010 or 2021, my bad, 2021. Um, the reason being, they said I didn't have symptoms and uh, I did have symptoms, but I didn't know what those symptoms were. I thought, you know, that uh, Chris, you know, we worked out together for many years and you just think it's aches and pains from working out, maybe old age. Uh, Jimmy, we were doing that show together. Remember that the medical yeah, series yeah. in 2020? Yeah. Uh, that fall. So you must have been feeling it then. I was. Uh, the doctors The doctors have told me that I've probably been dealing with this since about 2009. Uh, it all has to do with my uh, blood platelets. They started to elevate. Normal blood platelets are anywhere between 250,000 to 300,000. Mine went up to uh, 2009 to over 400,000, then up to 600,000. Then eventually they got up to 1.6 million. And... Um, Why, why they did what they did, I, I'm not sure. And I'm, I'm going to speak about the doctors at uh, a local hospital here in Philadelphia. And um, so when I was finally diagnosed and I was told that I had a year to three to live, um, I figured, you know what, I'm going to go out and find out who the best doctors are. So I called um, Oscar Limbaum's doctor, uh, Dr. Hartner, who I got to know very well through Oscar's treatments. And I told him what was going on. And um, he and his assistant, his PA, uh, Leticia, got back to me and said, you want to go up to the Mayo Clinic and see Dr. Telefari and Dr. Genget. Um, they're two of the best in the world. And from July through early February, I was seeing them. And they said, no, that's not true. You don't have a, a year to three to live. Then I... I was told about a trial in Cle at the Cleveland Clinic with Dr. Aaron Gerds. That's my treating doctor now. 
and um, about a medical trial that they're doing up there for people like myself with myelofibrosis. And they put the, there is no cure for it, but they put me on medication that really helped with my symptoms. And my symptoms were bone pain. If any of you ever had a, any type of bone injury, you know that bone pain can be horrific. Um, it started really flaring up on me to the point that was, I, I just couldn't work anymore. Uh, through uh, the holiday season, through Thanksgiving, all the way up through Christmas, I was hospitalized the week before Christmas. I couldn't walk. Um, I, it, it was the worst pain I ever felt. I was on morphine. I was on Percocet. Nothing was touching it because these these drugs don't touch cancer pain. So finally, they got me involved in the medical trial with Dr. Gerds at the Cleveland Clinic. And since then, I feel great. I've got to be honest with you. I mean, my pain's still there, but instead of a 10 out of 10, it's a 2 out of 10. Uh, I get a shortness of breath. My spleen was very large, enlarged. It's starting to shrink now. And my, my blood markers are starting to come back into normal range. And that's what these medications do. They, give, they improve your quality of life. Now, in the pipeline, there's uh, in the pipeline, hopefully within two years, there's going to be another medical trial that comes down. And this, this medicine is going to either uh, stop the progression of the cancer or reverse the progression of the cancer. And I'm hoping to keep myself healthy enough uh, to get in this trial too. And if it can do, if it can do what, <laughs> what these little things are doing for me, that's my medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know what? Uh, I'd be in hog heaven because uh, it's gonna, it's gonna just help prolong my life. And um, yeah, so. Jimmy, I just, I'm gonna follow up, guys, and you guys take over. I just wanted to follow up what you said at the beginning. You, you said depending on how the treatments go you'd like to continue. And I guess the question would be, if someone says I got, you got a diagnosis of one to three years, what's the incentive for you uh, to go back? It, would it be the, the quality of the meds and how your body reacts to these, to these trials? Yeah, I, I'm going to, it's, I've, I've spoken to Chuck Fletcher and um, RGM mm -hmm. and that I would never want to be a burden on the team. And, um, you know, when, you know how it is, Chris, when you travel, I mean, pack up, let's go to the airport through and you're on the plane. Yeah. And I don't want to be lagging behind. And I, I want to be able to do my my job as the director of sports medicine to the best that I can possibly do it. And um, if if the markers come back in June saying that my cancer has progressed and that, um, you know, that I do have X amount of years, one to three years, um, then it's time to think long and hard. Uh, my The biggest thing that I got going on up here, and I'm a mental midget sometimes, you, you never want to go out the way we went out as a, as a team. Um, I, I would feel like I quit the team if I did that, and I and I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to be here um, for the rebuild or what, and it, it, I, I'm no dummy. It's not going to change like that overnight. Um, it could take a lot of nights, but uh, I want to be part of that. Uh, you know, deep down inside, I'm a Philadelphia Flyer. I mean, I want to be, I want to help, uh, help get us back up. One of the things I miss the most is the crowds. You've been there during playoff time, uh, be it at the Spectrum or at the Fargo Center, and how loud they get and how boisterous their crowds get. That's one more, t you know, I just. I pray that I can listen to it one more time and be on the bench because I get goosebumps listening to it. I, 
Zach, I talked to your dad about how it was at the cup days. You know, he comes in and we BS all the time and I love it. And, you know, that uh, it's just one more shot, not not at the cup, because once you're in the playoffs, it's a crapshoot. Look, look at 2010. We weren't even supposed to be there and we got there. And, yeah. you know, you, you don't know where you can go. But anyway, it's a long winded response, Chris, to your your answer that yeah. um, I don't want to end if I don't have to end. Um on a season like this, uh, especially the way I was for the first six months of that season, I wasn't the same Jim McCrossan that I am now. And thank God to modern medicine and the doctors that are taking care of me. I mean, they got me to where I feel good. I work out every day. My diet's always been good. Yep. Um, I'm trying to beat this because I know what they told me, that there there is no cure. But like I said, the doctors at the Cleveland Clinic are saying, no, man, there's stuff in the pipeline that's in the second phase of trials. Just hang in there yeah. and, you know, you got hope. And that's what I'm hoping for. And, and Jimmy, I mean, not obviously that's motiv- that should be motivation enough, right? I mean, just that, that yeah. alone, having the doctors say that to you, that should be motivation enough to, to keep fighting and, and try and hang in long enough to be part of that. But how much of, it is, how much of the motivation is it to, to, to be – are constantly doing the things that you've done and done so well for so long and be with these players who are like family to you and always have been and always will be. I mean, there's a lot of stories that any of us can tell about your relationships with players and how you continue them long after they're, they're out of Philadelphia, not, not with the team any longer, but how much of it is, is that, I mean, is just being with the guys and not just, not just helping them be healthy and, and be at the top of their game, but also to be around them and, and, and be around them because they're like a family to you. Yeah. That's a great point, Anthony. I, I, Chris, you could probably attest to this too. It's like a brotherhood. Yeah. And um, it's you're part of something very special, and you don't want to lose that. And now I see younger boys coming up, the Cateses, the the Tards, the Bobby Brinks, and um, you know you you want to be part of that, almost to help raise them into the next level. But um, to be part of that brotherhood and to, to lose it and to be dealt what I got dealt with over the summer, I, I just don't want to go through two things like that right now. I, I don't know if I can take it. And um, uh, it, it means a lot to be part of the organization. You're right. I mean, through the you, you're saying about staying in contact with players throughout the years. And, you know, Chris and I are real good friends. Johnny LeClaire, Eric Lindros, I, Mark Cowell, uh, God bless Brad McCrimmon. I mean, I, I still talk to his wife uh, at times. And now seeing seeing their kids come up through the ranks, like Sammy Kapanen. Sammy's, Sammy Kapanen's back with the organization. And and I saw his son, Jaspers, um, playing for Pittsburgh and darn good player, came over to me. He shook my hand and says, do you remember me? I said, man, I remember the day you were born. Yeah, they're the little things that you miss, and I, I you know, I, so that's the brotherhood I'm speaking about, and being part of a team. And forget about the organization; it's 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 the players that are that you want to be around. You know, and don't get me wrong, the organization, but it's the players who talk to you, and they're the ones that pick up the phone. And I've had so many phone calls from players from the '80s, '90s, 2000s, call me regarding my condition, and I thank you for that, and I think. <laughs> I, I think I counted over a thousand people, be it emails and texts and phone calls. 
uh, you know, that's uh, thank you, the city of Philadelphia. Thank you, the hockey world, because the hockey world is a tight knit community. And it's to me, it's great. That's that's an extended brotherhood there. And Jimmy, you're the one of the reasons that it is a brotherhood. Um, yeah. You know, I, I wish I were like Sammy Kapanen's kid and had played hockey, but my dad got me in, onto a soccer field for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, but uh, you you make it feel like a brotherhood because you not only help the Flyers, but you help the Flyers alumni, and then you also help the Flyers alumni's family. Yes. Mm-hmm. You help my brother rehab his ACL. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, amazing, man. And it, that's a few it, years back. It's, it's a few years, and he tore it again afterwards. <laughs> um, but he, uh, man, it, every time I talk to him about you, he is just um, nothing but grateful. And I was, I was talking to my dad earlier this morning, and he said, Paul Holmgren once told him that if we paid Jim McCrossin by the hour, we couldn't afford him because that's how much time you dedicate. So, you know, uh, this podcast is just a, it's, this is a very big thank you. Uh, so thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Thank all you. I, I've never thought that being here was like work. It's a passion. And I always go with my grandfather always said when work becomes work and it's time to leave. And when you lose that passion, when you lose that passion of getting up every morning and going to do what you do, what you're passionate about, then it's not work. And it's it's a love. And um, I love what I do. So, Can I ask you, Jim? When, yes. You know, uh, we all read Anthony's story. Yes. Um, wonderfully written. Yes, it was. When did you when did you first make the connection that it was? And and, and I think this is going to lead to a, a rather large investigation into ventilation systems and the chemicals that they use with Zambonis. When did you first make the connection or how did you make the connection that it was the Zamboni at the skate zone um, that was making you and Sal eventually sick? When I spoke, it wasn't great question it's when i went to the mayo clinic and they asked if you were exposed to anything in terms of chemicals and um then i i went to new york to see a dr mark wickenford uh, dr wickenford took care of all the first responders in 9 11 and uh, many of those men and women got sick from the toxic fumes and so he did his studies too. So I was running down parallel paths. I was at the at the Mayo. I was up at the New York University, and Dr. Wickenford said more than likely it was the benzene uh, that attacks your cells, your blood cells. And sorry, I get winded. That's um, part of the symptoms. But um, and he says he wanted to know how the layout is where we work like uh, not just here i'm at the skate zone right now excuse me not just at the skate zone but at the wells fargo center wells fargo center we're pretty far away um the the layout the layout here at the skate zone uh, the zambonis rooms right outside my door yes right there yeah mm-hmm. so when they pull the zambonis out they would be started up kicking up fume and as they open up the doors, go clear the nets out and all that good stuff, um, we, you know, we'd get hit with benzene from and, and benzene, be it in diesel and gasoline or propane, you're still going to exude benzene, benzene fumes. Um, so uh, that's that's how I found out. 
I mean, you know, it was a doctor um, or doctors talking to me about it. Um, if you speak with the doctors at the Mayo or uh, Cleveland Clinic, they're real good because they don't they really don't want to get involved with that aspect of things like how I got it. They want to get involved in curing me. When I was when I went up and spoke with uh, Dr. Gerds and said I had a year to three to live, he says, I'll never tell you that. He says, you got you got to take each day and you don't know what's going to come the next day. It could be a breakthrough. Um, so uh, I, he's given me hope. He's changed this completely, my, my mental aspect. I don't feel, when I go up to the Cleveland Clinic, when even at the Mayo Clinic, they said I was the healthiest sick man they knew. So I, I, pride, my, I pride myself on that. And uh, I'm going to keep myself that way. Um, a good buddy of mine, Pat Croce, he had, he had uh, cancer. And I did a podcast with Pat and, you know, we were doing about exercise and this is before I even knew I had cancer about how important it is to keep yourself in shape because you're going through, you're battling every day for your life. And, you know, that I figured I'm doing everything I possibly can do nutrition wise, sleep wise, whatever I can do, I'm doing it. All right. To help my doctors help me. That's the least I can do because Jimmy. Yes. Sorry. No, go ahead. I, please. I, I wanted to go back to something that you said earlier. I want to make sure that I understand this right and people who are listening understand this right. You, the timeline, the initial timeline of when you were diagnosed versus when you were told. It wasn't the same day. Can can you touch on that one more time Yeah. as we kind of look forward? My platelets, I, I get yearly physicals just like the players do. I go every June and get everything done from my skin to whatever, uh, dermatology to dentist. And anyway, I... I I got my blood work done in 2008 and showed an elevated of blood platelets. And um, if anybody knows, I had 18 surgeries on my left arm and it's chopped up like a shark ate it. And they thought it could be an underlying inflammation from the 18 surgeries I had because I had three crushed nerves. Um, the next year it goes up, the next year it goes up and they keep on going up. And like, it wasn't until 2020, they decided to do a bone marrow biopsy. And that's that's definitive to for to show you if you have blood cancer. It wasn't until 2021 that they that they gave me the diagnosis. That they told me they knew in 2020, didn't tell me. Said I had no symptoms. That's like saying to a lady that you're pregnant, but you're not showing, so you're really not pregnant yet. Yeah. Uh, so I was a little taken back by that. That's why I decided to change doctors. Okay. I figured that. that yeah, yeah that that's, that's a that, yeah that that's a really important clarification because obviously, in the course of that year or so, I mean, the sooner you catch these things, obviously, 100%. The, the the more impactful and totally I, understandable that you'd switch, you know, I, doctors I, after that. I would have. I'm a researcher. I would have researched the. I would have researched out the wazoo, to find out what I could have been doing different for that one year. Jimmy, where were you when, with the, with, you know, when, when you, when after Anthony's great reporting that he did on, on his story and stuff and, and, and got it out, what were your thoughts when, you know, I don't want to get into any legal stuff, but when you, when you read what, what Comcast had to say about the fact that there's no merit to it, yet you're, you're going through these, these, these parts of these, your, your body that are changing, you know, what do you, what do you think of something like that? How do you deal with something like that internally? I like to think everybody has their opinion. <laughs> And I have mine, and I'm not going to give it. Uh, but um, um, 
they've never asked me. So I, I, I understand, I understand the legal aspect of things, why they may have said something like that. Um, I just wish somebody would have sat down and spoke with us mm -hmm. um, and find out what we're going through. Yeah. You know, it, um, you've been there. Uh, you know how it's like if, if you got injured uh, years ago, Mr. Snyder would have been on the phone with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and uh, I know it for a fact. And, I, I, you know, God bless him. I mean, I was with Peter Forsberg with the, down in Carolina when he had uh, his uh, foot surgery. And I got a phone call with Mr. Snyder, and I start to give him an update. He goes, Jimmy, he said, I'm not calling about Peter. I'm calling about you. Are you okay? Do you need anything while you're down there? And he did the same thing when he did when we were down in Nashville with when Eric and I stayed a couple of days with him in Baptist Hospital. I mean, uh, I, I just wish I, I just wish if you if you'd speak with us, you know what we're going through. Like you, you know what? Like it's tough to climb stairs right now because I suck wind because you know I don't have I'm not producing the the cells that I should be producing. And to say that it has no merit, well to each his own tell, tell tell us really quickly jimmy about last sunday what your day looked like when you guys played the penguins you guys had i because I, I know what it was like but just that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. of an yeah. idea of how what your day was like and then the next day when the team went to chicago yeah well i had a i worked well it's same game day it was a four o'clock game we had our extras or we did rehab got to the game got everything set up worked the first period had to get changed go catch a plane to the Cleveland Clinic and be there for testing at seven o'clock in the morning, tested from seven to two o'clock, got on a plane, went to Chicago, covered the game in Chicago, then went to uh, Winnipeg with the boys. Yeah. It's so, a lot. It's that's... a lot, but you know what? That's my, that's I don't like job. to say it's my job, but that's what I'm expected to do. But you, you, you go far above your job because can we, can we talk a little bit about why your, your arm is torn up? And yeah. it, it was you doing something you didn't, it's it's not even part of your job description. No, is, but it, I understand that. It, it, what it was is that a big trunk and I tried to brace it and I, you can't see, but I, I just kind of braced it like that. And they said it was like the perfect storm. The way my muscles contracted, I crushed three nerves and had to have multiple surgeries. And um, it's it's numb. I don't have the full use of it, but it's it's functional. And... Um, you're right. Is it was it my job? No, but was it it was it an accident? A sheer accident, and um, it was unfortunate because it's. Thank goodness is my left arm because I'm a righty, but neither here or there. But um, again, I I had fabulous doctors that helped me out to the best of their abilities, and um, they got it to where it's probably about eighty percent. So, uh, but you know, you you do things in the course of life that you don't know what to expect and sometimes accidents uh, happen never once did i blame anybody for what i ha i have going on now i would never point the finger at anybody i think it was just a faulty design and because back in the year 2000 i don't know of anybody i, I know that people knew about benzene uh, because of my research you know the, the people who worked in the refineries people had gotten diagnosed with myelofibrosis um, but I don't, I don't truly believe anybody intentionally said, oh man, we're going to kill Jim McCross and sell Rafa off. No, it's not with any, just a bad design. And, uh, well, Jimmy, with, with, with that said, how important 
for you? Is it that that this story is is now out there and people know about it for for awareness purposes, not necessarily for your personal situation, but when you think about it, how many little ice rinks are there uh, all over North America, all over the world, where this thing might have been taking place and people had no idea, and, and you know people might have gotten sick, maybe have maybe have died from a, a yeah. blood cancer yeah. and didn't know anything about it because they didn't think they were being exposed to anything, and, and so it almost makes it that this is this could be just the tip of the iceberg so that people start to learn more and more about th that environment and how it could be dangerous. That's a great point. I grew up um, out in Del Delaware County. We had one ice rink at the time. It was called Westtown. It burnt down. They rebuilt it now. And it's, uh, I haven't been back there since I've been a kid, but we had an old Zamboni that would just, you know, it, it, it would just kick out exhaust. And, um, but you think about all the ice rinks that do have that going on right now. Mm -hmm. And um, and they don't have the proper ventilation, like we like you know that they don't have the proper ventilation, so it sits there. So mom and dad and brothers and sisters are watching, either you know Johnny or Susie play hockey, and you're sucking in fumes for an hour and maybe uh, close to two hours. By the time it's all done, you you know change and get on change and leave. But if I believe that things happen for a reason and not that I'm asking for cancer or ask for cancer, but if it can save other people's lives, yeah, it's, it's, it's worthwhile to bring attention to it because Chris, you grew up in Canada. You, you, you know, those small ice rinks more than we had when I was a kid here. And, uh, but they don't have the ventilation and many of the ice rinks we go to and practice it on the road don't have the proper ventilation. So, yeah. At the National Hockey League medical meetings, we're going to bring it up to take a look at your practice rinks. Your big rinks, pretty much, are are standard. They they don't they're not butting up against uh, the locker room or medical rooms. But the uh, the smaller rinks, heaven knows what they got going on. Yeah. So if we can bring it to the if we if we can bring it to the forefront and that people can change over to electric zamboni. And again, I like what you said. Uh, we'll use Zamboni just as a, a name, mm -hmm. uh, but if you could, if they can change over to the electric and make it safe for everybody, so somebody doesn't have to worry about myelofibrosis, <laughs> yeah, then then it's then it's all been for good. And I'm sorry, so, pardon my ignorance on this, it, but uh, have the has the skate zone indicated that they're going to move towards an electric Zamboni or? I know that they we have two. They bought a they bought an electric one this summer jeez, and uh, uh they they still have a propane one mm -hmm. yeah when when you mentioned earlier about the proximity we talked to us on uh, about this on our show a little bit about the the proximity and you kind of touched on it as well that the zamboni i guess is effectively idling on the other side of the wall right from your office since since you and Sal and your legal team have kind of, you know raised these concerns and this is a, a longer process it's not as if this just popped up overnight since that has happened and since the initial concerns were raised with the organization have they changed the proximity of where these zambonis are stored where they idle and the entire process of bringing them out uh, that's one and two have they changed the protocol of like where you guys are in proximity to them when they're running especially nearby um the answer is no to both wow um 
No. Um, we've we've asked to be moved, and it was denied. And um, did they give a reason why? Um, why they why they would deny? Well, they, they sent a letter request in response. To what I could do was get that letter for you. It, it's it was a whole. Um, it was a letter, and, and Chris and Anthony, you may know him, uh, uh, Phil Weinberg, who's who's yeah. deceased now. Um, I wrote a letter to um, one of the attorneys asking if we could be moved, um, and just until we can get everything cleaned. And they said it was deemed cleaned, and uh, so we haven't been moved. But if Mr. Weinberg wrote a letter, and I'll get you that letter. But Jimmy, are you just are you? Are, are, we, are you just spending less time in that particular office just now that you know this is true? Yeah, I, I try to. I, I yeah. do. Um, I, I do. Um, I, like, well, it's tough, though, because this is where we do our treatments. I yeah. do all my rehab down in the, the weight room, and I, I'm pointing down that way. And um, Anthony, you may know it, and Chris, Russ, I don't know if you've ever been here, but uh, and Zach, I don't think you've ever been to our practice facility. Have you here? So, I have, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're uh, down in the weight room. I can do all my rehab. But if I'm doing treatments in the morning, getting the boys ready, I have to be in, in the medical room. Have any of the players um, since this has happened and obviously since the 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 notion of how this may have have come to pass and how the, the illnesses may have have been created, exacerbated and everything, has there been any reluctance on the part of any players of getting treatment done in that room? Have any players expressed a concern uh, about, you know, hey, do, you know, had the doctor said how much exposure? Like, I, I have to assume, and maybe it's ignorant of me to do so, but I have to assume that if I were a player, if I were somebody who had been in or around that room in any way or, or at Skate Zone for an extended period of time, that I might myself start to kind of question, well, could this apply to me? Even if I'm not right there, as long as you guys are in that room, has there been any, you know, conversation? I don't want you obviously to disclose any names if there have been, but has there been that feeling from players or, or people in, you know, that, that you work with? Nobody's come out and said that. And between Sal and I, we try to limit how long somebody will be in here for. Uh, we do, like I said, if I was going to get somebody ready, I'll do it down in the weight room if I can. Um, to limit any type of exposure. Um, we've spoken with players. Um, every every team has a rep for the PA. This player is meeting with the Players Association um, soon uh, to go over it. Uh, we brought it up to the Health and Safety Committee of the NHL and haven't heard back from them. And that was uh, early, in the, early on the process. Um, so we're just waiting. Now they may, and I, I may not priv be privy. They may have reached out to Comcast, and I, I don't know. So, all I know is that uh, the league has not reached out to either Sal or I, or the Players Association. Jimmy, how are you? How are you still? You seem to be still so at peace. When I think like the the other four of us just feel so angry. Um, how do you? And you're, and you're still so loyal to the team. Um, I feel um, like there's a lesson to be learned there from from you to us. It's it, it's it's not the flyers, and um, 
was I angry? <laughs> yeah, I was angry. Was I upset? Yeah, I'm, and I am. Don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, nobody nobody wants to be given a death wish. And um, I've always believed that I'd be the first one in my family to break the, the 100 barrier. Though my mom's getting close. She'll be 88 on Thursday. But um, uh, I don't think I'll see that in, unless something dramatically happens, which I hope. But, um, I, Zach, I, I get upset. Uh, but I, I get upset, but I, I, and I ask why, and then I try to figure out, well, just like I was saying, why maybe it, it's happened to me to bring awareness so other kids can, so somebody else can live, and that my colleagues throughout the NHL, AHL, whatever level it is, are going to be able to live, and, uh, and I, I just have to have faith, like I said, that they're going to have a cure soon. And when they first told me there is no cure, but then, you know, I believe in this doctor so much. And uh, I mean, I trust him with my life, literally trust him with my life. So uh, that's all I got right now. You know, I got that, the, my medical team, and I got all my family, my friends, my, uh, I, I, like, I had people coming out of the woodwork. I didn't realize I knew so that many people, but I feel so blessed in that regard, but as supporting me. And um, it's, you know, so it makes me feel like I'm a lucky guy. You know, um, I feel like Lou Gehrig, you know, saying that. Uh, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but really, when, when you're so far down and you get that much support, it does make you think, you know, how fortunate you are for everything you did prior to this, prior to this event. And then what can I, how can I make this a positive going forward? and bring awareness but I, I just like i said i you'd like to have a little bit of support from the, both the players association and um, the nhl saying okay they recognize it this is what we're this is how we're going to look at we're going to look at all the practice ranks we're going to look at all the ranks and at least the nhl will be taken care of and maybe then it'll be the a then east coast league and all the way down college ranks and Hopefully people get the, you know, it'll all get worked out. That's how I have to stay positive. I'm not, my days of being angry are done because I, I, it's not going to get me anywhere. The damage is done and I'm not going to waste my energy on anything that I can't, like, that's going to zap my energy. I need my energy to heal. Jimmy, you know sense. what I, I- I, I think when you, you know, one thing I think that the, the four of us are on, I know Russ probably doesn't have the same relationship with Zach and, and Anthony because we've known you longer. Um, but one thing I can attest to is um, who you are as a person and what you've meant to every single player and person that's come through the building, whatever building it is. Um, I'm grateful for you, for having known you, just to have been a friend through my afflictions I went through in my life and I had you. And, um, and I know you just mentioned that the word that's so important in the word I'm, world I travel in now, it's not hockey, is support. Yeah. And, um, and I hope and pray that the support comes for you um, from the league from the out, those outside sources. But I will tell you one thing on behalf of Anthony and Russ and Snow the goalie and Zach, uh, we weren't going to let her sit around and just let no support happen to you right now. Um, it's my honor to tell you that we've set up a GoFundMe. Um, this is a, this is a Philadelphia story, the way I look at it. Um, and there shouldn't be one dime to come out of your pocket. And um, this is probably one of the proudest things I could ever say is that we're here for you, brother. Uh, we want people to fill that account for you. And then, like I said, for the things that you've done and given us, Anthony, 
um, and, and everyone else had been around Zach, your family. I remember Jake used to run with us when he was a kid, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, these yeah. little things like that. That was Jimmy that brought him out. But this is, this is my prayer prayer for you, Jimmy. We love you, buddy. You're, you're a family to us all. And I hope that the, the Philadelphia community, which I know, I know now from my own journeys, what they mean. Um, I know they're going to rise up for you. And, uh, and Russ and Anthony, Zach, man, they did a great job with this. Uh, we love you, brother. And you, Robin and your family. And, and, and you've, I'm just telling you right now, you guys jump in. Um, you've left a mark mm -hmm. on a lot of people. And I love you, pal. And, and I'm going to be there for you every step like these guys are. You're, you're that important to a lot of people. And Yeah, um, yeah you know, Jimmy, I, I was telling this story. I, I think you heard it. I mean, if you listen to the episode. But I'll, I'll say it again. I had that um, that nerve injury in my uh, in my my elbow, my wrist, and it was bothering the hell out of me. And I I came to you and said, "What was your recommendation?" You you had me come down in the first period of a game. The team was on the ice, playing at the Wells Fargo Center, to meet with the, the team's hand specialist to find out what was bothering me because it was hurting me so much. And they were able to figure out what the problem was and 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 get the surgery done and and fix it and it was all from the way i was leaning on my arm when i was typing and and this and that i i don't know if i ever would have i would have probably just sat there and endured it being a knucklehead right and being thick-headed and would have just, just just endured it for however much longer and, and had that much more damage and you know you said no you got you got to be seen and you, you made it happen at, at, at really an inopportune time but it, it happened i mean so it's things like that those little stories that nobody really nobody really knows and there's millions of them that you have over the course of your career i mean we can go through so many, so many different people and players. You know, I, I talked to Ed Moran, who I haven't talked to in forever, former Flyers beat writer, who talked about how you helped his daughter rehab, um, you know, when she had her injuries as well, uh, when she was playing uh, playing sports. Like just out of the blue, just people called me after the story came out, and you know, this Chris is right. This this town is going to step up big for you, you and Sal. Um, you guys have meant the world to a lot of people, and it, and, and you're going to just see just how much uh, yeah. you you mean to them. And it's it's, it's going to be coming here soon. We're gonna we're gonna put it out there, and, and it's going to go quick. I can promise you that. It is already out there. It is already out there. We're going live so, today, baby. It's live. We're taking it mainstream. We're taking it big, Jimmy. I can't. Uh, Jim, uh, I, I, I can't just echo enough because my if one. I do what I do because I got into the profession. I, I truly believe that we're all blessed with gifts. And my gift is a caregiver. And um, I, 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 when I was a kid, I had aspirations. I wanted to be an NHL player. And high school, you, you get a real bad knee injury. It's probably the same story everybody says. And anyway, I, I was fortunate enough to get it, to be part of the Flyers. And um but I do what I do because you do the right thing. You never have to worry about it, right? You, you, like for you, Anthony, and for anybody that, you know, that that's, you know, what lean on me because I, at some point I'm going to lean on you. And um, it, but that's what friendships are all about, right? It's, it's never a burden. It's about, okay, I was blessed that I can help you. Why not help you and do the right thing and get you better. Nobody wants to live in pain, you know, and, uh, yeah, I remember you and I in the, out in the out in the track with those. I still got pictures of you, me, Johnny, 
Uh, there were great days. God's sake. I, yeah, they were, they were good days. Jimmy used to beat my ass. I And you know what? <laughs> you do, I, I'll make it. Uh, Jimmy's I, always seen me as a comedian. Can I, I just mean, say a quick story? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, an old beatnik reporter like Anthony with his hand. I know you're there for the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> there was, there was, there was two football players out there, and they wanted to run with us. One was a big, heavy set guy, and one guy was pulling his mom in his car. So he's out in the parking lot. He was a running back. But this guy, so I asked the boys, you mind if he, the guy said, hey, do you mind if I run with you? And I said, let me just ask. I ask everybody. Chris goes, yeah, there's somebody at least we can beat. Right? He smoked our asses. He smoked everybody's ass. <laughs> Where did he come from? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, hey, Jimmy, can you, time, you just, good can you do this me as a favor? Can you tell yeah. me about one time, like, Tyrion was a real dick? <laughs> well, I always got along. I, I always got along. Zach, Zach, the best, to our show? My best times, <laughs> my best times were when I used to go into you and Johnny's room, and uh, on the road, and I'd sit there and just bullshit because it was, <laughs> it was like comedy hour. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, me and Johnny were roommates for ten years. That's a story for another day, Jimmy. Like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. We don't have enough time on no, the show no, no, for that. that yeah, <laughs> but yeah, Jimmy, just it's kind of echo what Chris said. Like, um, you know, I, there, there's been several alumni um, that I've reached out to, and everyone is just uh, incredibly thankful for you. You say you're a caregiver, and that's your gift. I don't know if you realize that's actually very special. Um, a lot of people don't look out for other people, and you have devoted your life to that. So mm -hmm. they're all thankful. And I know this. Uh, Flyers are family when we're good and when we're bad. And they're going to do whatever it takes to um, do the best for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you all. That's all I can say is thank you. God bless you. And, you yeah, thank you. And it's important, you know, that we, we put out for the people. And, and obviously, Zach will put it in the description of, of his episode. And we'll have mm -hmm. it on our feed as well. Um, the easiest way to find this, I mean, you can go on GoFundMe and you can search, uh, but we, we made the link. It's very simple to find GoFundMe.com slash Jimmy and Sal. That's yeah. it. It's very simple. Easy. Easy to find. GoFundMe.com slash Jimmy and Sal. Yeah. Zach got in there with the first donation. I'm going to get in there with the second one. Uh, they might be drops in the bucket right now, but I'll tell you what, I think by the time this gets out, uh, there, there is going to be such a groundswell of support. I mean, we, yeah. we heard it immediately, and I think we all felt it immediately uh, when Anthony put the story out. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I could tell you that typically uh, Facebook and Twitter are full of toxic trolls and are full of horrific, uh, I don't even know if we'd call them humans in a lot of <laughs> cases, right? right? But um, unanimous uh, approval and love and wanting to support, you know, we, we've created a, a little community, you know, uh, on, on Twitter. Somebody said, how do we send money to Jim and Sal? And, and, and what can we do? What can we, the fans do? And you think about it, like these other three have a relationship with you, have, mm. have memories with you. I don't. And, and I'm moved and I'm, I, to say I'm angry, uh, at the way that this has been handled. Uh, and, and what I would consider to be, you know, you, you take all of the, the things into consideration, two decades plus that you've given to an organization, memories that have been made with, with individuals, with players, yes. But you give your blood, sweat, and tears 
uh, you you carry literally the scars uh, of of doing your job and going beyond the beck and call of of what your job requires, and then to then have to deal with silence. And there's a simple reason that the league and the players association are going to kick the can down the road. The same reason that. You know, Comcast included a line they didn't have to. I spoke to a legal expert about did they have to say no merit? No, they didn't. But a lot of this is going to be nipping in the bud because they, they quite frankly, do not want to set off right. a million cases across the U.S., Canada, everywhere else. And I'll tell you what, it's going to happen. And to your credit, you're able to stay calm about it, to be at peace with it. But now it's time for us and people like us to kind of pick up the torch. And we'll be angry on the behalf of, of you and Sal, we'll carry this message. And I, I'll tell you what, the Flyers community right now is not exactly rainbows and smiles. And so uh, they will certainly carry the torch as well. But I think in the, the opposite side of that, and which is you know to the credit of Flyers fans and to the league and to hockey fans around the world, they are a caring, compassionate group of people who are yes. going to pick up this cause. And I, I hope that we can help and this community can help you and Sal with expenses and, and, and with everything and to just try in some way to thank you for your, your service to the, yeah. the organization, to the team. And the very least we the, could do, Jimmy. What we can do. Thank yeah. you. Um, if I could just say, because you've been mentioning Sal and um, God bless him. I mean, uh, why it happened to both <laughs> You know it's a rare disease and it happens it's pro, it's the rarest form of blood cancer and it happens to one in one hundred thousand and i'm looking over to where he would sit it's about five feet away it's no coincidence and i've been fortunate like i'm 64. sal's 43. he's got two young kids at home you know i, I my youngest be graduating next year and um uh, but I don't know what I'm saying, but that it's it makes it 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 makes it easier when I'm talking to him because he knows what I'm going through. I know what he's going through, and if that's any consolation, I I don't know. I mean, um, I wish he didn't have it. God, I pray every night it, it doesn't morph to where I got I, I am, but. Um, Anyway, I'm just babbling. I just wanted to get the point across that this is a very rare thing, and I don't want to get angry because I'm going to start getting angry about that merit thing. But um, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy, it's, okay. there's a there's a wide range of emotions I'm sure you're going through, like something yeah. like this. And and unless I just I know Anthony, Russ, Zach wanted to share your story. I'm happy to be a part of this, just to to let people know the person you are, what you're going through. And I know that, you know, the one thing I got out of this, I'm really optimistic about your optimism about these, yeah. these trials. Like that makes me feel really good because I want to have you around till you're 84. Yeah. Um, no, you know what? You know, so, uh, you know, we've been through. When Ryan Ellis finally comes back. I want to be around. Like my first thing when I was diagnosed and not uh, any tearjerkers, my uh, oldest son said, I, I want you there when Dylan gets married. Promise me. Then my youngest son, Luke, you know, Luke goes and says, Dad, are you going to be there when I have a, a child? I, I, I really want him to get to know you. And I'm going to get teary-eyed because I couldn't promise. I still can't promise. And you, you just don't know how things are going to go. But 
as I said, I, I got I got hope now. And um, you know, any cancer survivor, any cancer, anybody battling cancer, that's all you can ask for. Just give me a little hope. I'll do uh, I'll do everything I can. You do what you can, and together, you know, we'll we'll make it another. Like Dr. Gertz said, just take each day at a time. Live each day, and that's what I'm doing. So and you're, and you're doing it better than most of us, Jim. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thanks. Thanks for making time for us today. Oh, thank yeah. you guys. Chris, every time I see you, I want to say thank you. I'm uh, once again, I'm 41 days clean. And going, Chris, Chris has been uh, a, a great inspiration to me. Yeah. Um, like I say, Zach, I had 41 days once too, man. Now I got 11 years and four months yeah. and uh, that's my, the miracle of my life. And you know what? We all, we all need to find hope somewhere in that. And I found yes. it one day at a time. And I know Jimmy's pro probably not much different. You know, I don't want to ever compare the two afflictions, but um you know, again, it's a battle, and uh, I'm glad to hear that, kid. I really am. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. And Jim, um, again, uh, the the Philadelphia community is so behind you, and there's yep. nothing that unites there's nothing that unites uh, Philly like like Flyers hockey. Oh. And uh, you are as iconic as anyone who's ever worn the journey jersey. Mm -hmm. And I think yep. people are learning your story now. So we are going to make this big for you. I promise you, you that. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, all of you. Uh, yeah. I'm going to lose it here in a second. So, great All show, right. Jimmy. Thank you for joining thank us you, today, man. I mean, we'll, we'll keep in thank touch you. as we move yeah, forward. Please. Amazing show today. Thank you for your honesty, and uh, guys, thank you too, Zach, thank for you. allowing us to uh, for you to join the number one podcast in Philly <laughs> and, uh, and a part of it. We're we were happy to have you. <laughs> Again, thank you, guys. All right, Appreciate last word. This has been my dad used to play hockey and a supporting cast. <laughs> of snow the goalie <laughs> thank you all so much thank you talk to you later thank you take care bye-bye